Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave She and host Brenda She Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. everyone and welcome to episode 34 we think of secret <laughs> histories of nerd mysteries my name is host brenda i'm host austin i like that you laughed because i i was doing like a i was doing like a head bobble here in my <laughs> home and i like that you laughed as if you were you could feel me doing it at you. <laughs> that's the connection the the mind connection we have across time and space riff compatible yes <laughs> Um, you know, I could have easily checked to see exactly what episode this is, um, but I kind of like to live on the edge a little bit. Oh, we're halfway there. Oh, Oh, we're living on on a prayer. (laughs) Please, hand, um, take it somewhere. Whoa! (laughs) There you go. So, compared to last week, where, like, it was like a half hour of like straight up just like talking about the news. This week was like a lot less eventful. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, okay. So last week's episode, <laughs> not only is the episode immediately dated because Jeff Bezos stepped down as CEO of Amazon. <laughs> so like our, our Bezos Jr. Angel, please don't touch my microphone. Anyway, my cat's here. Bezos touch. Jr. jokes. If I get muffled, it's because he's standing in front of my microphone. And then Brenda's cat stopped the recording. All right, before I was so rudely interrupted by my cat, our Jeff Bezos Jr. joke was immediately outdated because Jeff Bezos stepped down as CEO of Amazon. Um, we're still coming and, for you, Jeff. Yeah, we're still coming for you because you're still involved with the company, but you're not the <laughs> CEO anymore, so the joke is void. But also, I made a joke about Day in the Park with Barney, which is like the one of the longest-running attractions at Universal Studios Orlando. Mm-hmm. I think it's been there, if not since opening day, like pretty soon after. Mm-hmm. There's only like two, there's only one attraction left in the park that was there on opening day, and that's E.T.'s Adventure, which is located in the section of the park that's like this like kids section, which is like severely, severely outdated. Uh-huh. Um, it has like the E.T. attraction, which is a really cool dark ride, but then it also has a Five Goes West water feature playground. Um, mm-hmm. And I just guarantee that like no child has seen. Five old goes west recently. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess the kids probably it was it airs on TV more often than you think. Does it? Okay, yeah. so maybe they do know. It's like um, a it's like one of uh, it's either ABC Family, which is now Freeform. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I'm it's either Freeform or um, TNT. Like somebody, it's like a fallback movie. Like, I, I would see it often, like, early in the morning on Sundays when they're like, I don't know, we can play this sad mouse movie. <laughs> Which is less sad than the previous sad mouse movie, but still pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> the first one's, like, hyper sad. Oh, God. It, like, the whole movie is just, like, him narrowly almost, like, finding his parents and then not, and then just, like, 
wandering through the dirty streets of New York. Yeah. What a film. Thank anyway, you. Barney. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Barney. So Barney, Day in the Park with Barney was like in this kid's section, which yeah. this kid's section almost got torn down a couple years ago to become like our version of Nintendo World. Uh-huh. Um, but Universal Studios decided that they wanted to have a third park in the Orlando area and incorporate Nintendo Land into like a larger space there, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool because like they could have a lot more room. Like this kid's area isn't super big. Yeah. So this kid's area has existed in this limbo space. And Day in the Park with Barney has just kept on keeping on for like 25 years. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, But we made a joke about it in the last video that it, as long as Day in the Park with Barney is open, we have a case. Like, blah, blah, blah. Please yeah. listen to the previous episode. Um, Day in the Park with Barney is closing. <laughs> <laughs> we have a case as long as Day in the Park with Barney is open. The universe, oh, well, it's fucking closed now, bitch. Well, sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, when we're recording this episode... Like, it came out, like, yesterday. The previous episode has been out for one day. Yeah. And that joke is already outdated. We have an uncanny ability, everybody, to manifest the same thing we talk about will, like, happen in the world. But since we record this, like, a week in advance, it seems like that we didn't do it. But it's, I'm letting you know, it's always us. It's literally always us. Yeah, like, and there's, like, some, there was, like, a big one that we didn't do on screen that was, like, very stressful. And I'm glad you guys weren't. Uh, but yeah so we just like have this tendency to like predict things and it's like getting kind of weird at this point and it's like not it it is uh it feels very nostradamus-y we're like we're we're just talking and we're like yeah wouldn't that be weird and the universe is like yeah then it happens and we we never know we never know when it's gonna happen yeah exactly can't i can't we can't channel it it just happens we can't control it it yeah it's up to the universe and the universe just does whatever it wants so that was the first bit of nerd news that day in the park with barney is closing um i had to like pee in this section of the park once this is like i thought you were saying you had to pee now and i was like okay (laughs) uh good luck (laughs) no um i had to like use the restroom in this section of the park once Mm -hmm. and so like the only restroom was like in the day at the park with barney area and i was like cool i'm like in store for like a normal restroom experience it's Um, not right no (laughs) it was like (laughs) half of this restroom is like tiny child toilets which i've never seen before ever Mm -hmm. um so like tiny child toilets and like tiny child sinks Mm -hmm. and i was just there's like one adult toilet and I was just like had to wait in line for it. <laughs> that's a that's did you feel like did you, did you understand what it feels like to be big? It it was like uh, yeah, I'm like, is this what people feel like all the time? It was, <laughs> it was pretty thrilling. Um I very aggressively felt like I did not belong in this area of the park. Like all of the kids were just like, Leave. Get out of here. <laughs> You don't Did you get here bullied like by a bunch of, like, six-year-olds? <laughs> they all started kicking me in the shins. <laughs> get out! The Woody Woodpecker roller coaster belongs to us! You're not our friend, too! <laughs> Be like, yeah, but, like, Barney was still coming out when I was, like, I was really into it. Get out! <laughs> I'm like, you don't even know who Barney is! Hey! <laughs> is Barney... Does Barney still happen? No! Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't mean that to sound, like, aggressive. <laughs> 
<laughs> when did that stop? I think Barney stopped like mid two thousands. Oh, let me look this up. In my head, Barney. like all of those kid things are still happening, and maybe they're just like direct to home video. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that like Thomas the Tank Engine is still going, and then like Blue's Clues has a reboot, so it feels yeah. eternal. Is um, Arthur but- still going? Arthur, yes. I thought you said Archer, and I was like, is oh, Archer that's like a topic shit. <laughs> oh, we can watch all of Barney on Hulu. Oh, fuck. All right, bye, everybody. Me and Brennan are going to watch Barney <laughs> on Hulu. Okay, let's see. When did Barney stop running? Because I feel like it might be hard, because I'm sure they still did, like, videos or something for a bit. Yeah, it looks like it ran until 2009. Oh, okay. 2010, maybe? We're going to talk right. about Barney some more. And Oh, wait, there's a fucking Barney movie that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. that We've talked about that before, I think. So... Don't worry, everybody. There'll be a Barney re- revival soon. But it'll be dark and edgy. Yeah. I At first, when I heard about it, I was like, so it could be good, right? Because I thought they could take the bend of, like, it's about a group of kids who was, like, friends with Barney, right? And, like, what their life became. Mm-hmm. Uh, Like, I thought it could be a cool, like, drama movie or something where it's, like, pivoting around, like, all these kids went to the same preschool and knew Barney. Because the idea of, like, the preschool is, like, it's kids from all over the city. Mm-hmm. And so the city of, like, sort of, like, uh, oh, what's that movie that started the trend of, like, multiple plot lines going into one plot? Ooh. Independence Day? Brendan Fraser's... <laughs> Brendan Fraser's in it, and then I inserted Brendan Fraser into Independence Day. He was around. Where was he at for that movie? Into Brendan's Day. Was he? He wasn't like Brendan Fraser yet, right? Because the mummy hadn't no, happened. This was pre mummy, so like he was not in things. That movie. <laughs> yeah, Independence Day had Will Smith. Yeah. Um. This is prime Will Smith. Yeah. This is he's he's on top of the world. Um. Who else is in this movie? The guy from Taxi, the show, not the movie. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum's there. Will Smith isn't in the sequel, and I was like, I'm not gonna, like, when they told me he oh, wasn't there, yeah. I was like, I'm not going. I don't know what you thought I wanted, but... It, it was definitely... It wasn't more plot from Independence Day. <laughs> it definitely wasn't more Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I'm sorry. God, I watched, like, just snippets of the second one, because it was just on TV, because, mm-hmm. like, around... Fourth of July, it's on TV nonstop, and they were yeah. playing the second one, and I was like, maybe it won't be bad. It's all military propaganda. Yeah, I was like, I don't. It's Jeff Goldblum and his least Jeff Goldblum role, so like, I have yeah. I have no interest in watching it for him. No, it's it's not. It's just absolute. They're like, we can weaponize the aliens to use for the military, and I was like, I hate this. I just wanted Will Smith. I know. Just wanted Will Smith maybe punching more aliens. Maybe just being happy with his wife that he he uh, gets engaged to at the end of the yeah. first one. You know, they're happy. Instead yeah. of it's like, his son is just like, my, my dad is dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just like Godzilla. Oh. Or Pacific Rim. Yes. Uh, we have more news. We do. Um... The, uh, I guess I'll go first. So there's going to be, uh, so after years, literally years of clamoring and trying to make it work, uh, we are finally going to get an official Avatar The Last Airbender Legend of Korra universe, 
uh, tabletop RPG game. Woo! Uh, it's going to be coming for Magpie Games. It'll be coming uh, February 2022. I was going to say this time next year, but you can be listening to this, like, February 2022. So uh, if you are if you are listening to this a year from now, congratulations, it's out. How is it? <laughs> Hopefully it's out and something hasn't gone horribly wrong. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully it's out. Um, but I, I'm Magpie Games, uh, their game I know them the best for is a game called Mass, which is on a Powered by the Apocalypse mm-hmm. system, and they release other games on that system. It is a simple D6 system that's, like, rules light, and usually have, like, four or five stats, and most, like, the game usually has, like, a theme. So Mass, you're, like, all teen heroes, and it's very relation-based. So there are, like, moves to fight. But there's no, like, damage. It's more of, like, how does that impact the thing you're fighting emotionally? Yeah, it's really cool. Because I'm, like, not good with, like, crunchy number systems. Even D&D is, like, a lot for me. Like, it, no, D- be... D&D is a lot. You don't have to, like, qualify yeah. that. D&D has okay. a lot of fucking rules. Yeah, it's, like, I have to, I've played D&D a couple times now. And every time I have to be, like, handheld through it, I, I don't retain rules well. I'm very yeah. bad at, like, I like playing board games, but, like, I do require... Mm-hmm. Like, someone who's really patient with how many questions yeah. I ask. Um, but I was playing a mask campaign for, like, six months, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. So I'm excited for um, them to make this one. Because um, they're also working on, like, a route. Um, like, the board they game are. route. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty excited for that one, too, whenever that, like, finally comes out. Because that got kickstarted and it got funded. But production on everything got ground to a halt during... 2020 so hopefully yeah. we'll see it pretty soon because i really want to play it <laughs> yeah that would be really fun yeah they make great stuff and the team they have on mm-hmm. it is great they have a lot of um asian creators on it that are from from like south asia to east eastern asia so mm-hmm. um nice. in terms of ancestry and descent uh i don't know where it, i don't know if all like where they all live you know but i know yeah they all have that as like a ancestry um so I'm pumped. We don't know anything more about it, but it was all I talked about yesterday. So I'm hoping that it will like include like both like a um, original series setting and a Korra setting. Mm-hmm. That's what it like feels. Like. So I, yeah. the thing is like with there being two shows and James Cameron making blue people hair fuck, you can't just call it the Avatar setting because people will get <laughs> like people will be like which one there's people out there who are like i want to role play jane cameron's avatar which i mean i guess and to those people i i demand they tell me the plot of that movie oh the plot of that movie is a fairy lives in the rainforest of australia and (laughs) meets a giant bat and they have to fight tim curry who's a pollution monster in order to save the you know what it is just tim curry isn't it it's just tim curry (laughs) <laughs> that, that, the villain of, i'm talking about fern gully yeah, everyone the villain of fern fern gully is tim curry and it's god there's just no one no one better for playing a villain that's like slimy like well i love just, i love anytime tim curry's voice is in a thing because most of the time he's just tim curry yeah he doesn't have to do like any voice i guess he kind of has a voice when he's like nigel thornberry that's true but like most of the rest of the time he's just doing like his like pseudo British yeah. drawn out. It's just absolutely they, they, iconic. They're like, hey, we want you to be in this thing. Uh, and he's like, oh, okay, what kind of voice? And I'm like, you know. You. <laughs> yeah, like he's just, it's like uh, when Alan Rickman did some voice stuff, like 
most of the time he's just Ellen Rickman. Yeah. It's like there's some people who just have that voice. They don't have to do like any extra voices. They just like a uh, Christian. Is it Christian Shaw? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like she doesn't have to change her voice at all. It's just so unique already that people are like, you just sound like a cartoon mm-hmm. character. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Or even um, Estelle for Garnet and Steam Universe. Like she like drops mm-hmm. her voice a little bit, but it's just Estelle. Yeah. Um, or uh, Ben Schwartz in the Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> movie. Rolling into my next topic. Um, last week we talked about how Sonic's voice actor of 10 years uh, announced that he was not going to be doing Sonic anymore. Mm-hmm. We now have news that Tails and Amy's voice actors are also not returning yep. for future projects. Uh, we're not sure yet if the guy who... <clears throat> oh, wow. My voice Oof. just fucked off there. Um, <clears throat> oh. <laughs> we're not... <laughs> we're not sure if um the voice of Eggman who's done Eggman since uh the early 2000s. Yeah. Um so almost 20 years. We're not sure if he's going to be returning. I hope he is because he's absolutely iconic in that yeah. role. A lot of um, people are Oh, oh, now it's my turn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Catching. Um yeah, a lot of people on Twitter were like I will they're like listen, listen. I love all of you, but I will riot for Eggman cuz he's like for a lot of people, for me anyway, for us, I guess we are the same age. Uh, he's been <laughs> he's been Eggman's voice forever. Like we only know his voice. I think. I mean, I'm also very familiar with the um, Rob was it Rob Paulson did the voice of Eggman in Sonic: The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic Saturn. Oh, which the, is like yeah, a yeah, com- yeah. Completely different. You could honestly say that like that's a whole different character. Like yeah. that's Robotnik, not Eggman. Right. My voice is disappearing oh my god (laughs) i got it yeah yeah i would that's what i would say right like when i think of eggman i think of that voice and like when they they shifted to calling him eggman because technically it was his like he that's he has both names like still yeah but shifting to deciding like no his official character name is dr eggman not dr robotnik was like a character rebranding shift pretty much because like um I'm not counting Sonic the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog because, like, I don't know what that was. But if you, like, watch, like, Sonic Sad AM, it was, like, mm-hmm. pretty dark. And, like, that Eggman is just, like, got this low, creepy voice. He's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> like, yeah. it's and so scary. It's He's, like, a villain. And this Eggman is, like, eh, like, most, like, most of the time he gets close to his, like, he's, like, the bumbling buffoon villain. Like, he's not... He's not gonna actually hurt anyone. And I don't think deep down, I don't think he wants to hurt anyone. I think he's it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Except for Sonic Forces, where he does That's true. Catch Sonic That's and true. holds him captive for like six months. And then they never talk about it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> They're very much like um so I recently uh watched the, the whole Harley Quinn animated I just consu- I gobbled it right up uh inhaled it and it's a lot like that like villains and heroes and that it's like it's very much the way it feels like it must be how in comics because they like fight and they catch them and then they get out and they they it's like very uh informal friends yeah which i love that dynamic <laughs> it's really good um that's kind of like they really played that up in sonic boom the yeah. cartoon there's like an episode where like sonic has to move in with or eggman moves in with sonic Mm -hmm. and it's just like this is absolutely absurd i love it yeah it's great (laughs) uh i think that's it for news wait we didn't actually say the news oh shit (laughs) (laughs) 
That's it for news, everybody. What was the news? You heard it. You all heard yep, it. Yep, that, that's the news. <laughs> there's a, there's a so new the, Sonic show. <laughs> the actual news is that Netflix announced there is a new Sonic the Hedgehog show um, that's going to be coming out. It's made in cooperation with, uh, not cooperation, what the fuck? In conjunction with uh, Man of Action. Mm-hmm. Um, Man of Action were is a group of like, I don't know, it's like five dudes. Two of them are named Steven. I don't know them all. But anyway, it's like this group of dudes who um, created Ben 10. Mm-hmm. Um, they worked on Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon, Generator X. Um, a couple other things I'm forgetting. Yeah. Um, a lot of them work in comics. So one of the writers wrote a graphic novel for Image called I Am, is it I Am Giant? Uh, um, that sounds right. Yeah, which is like... A very gorgeous book um one of them is i think is like an artist uh one of them's joe casey <laughs> my favorite writer <laughs> but together they kind of all are able to like make really strong action cartoons right. that's their specialty with like just like a little bit of humor and it's like the perfect group of people to work on a sonic the hedgehog project honestly mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's called Sonic Prime, which Netflix Netflix is taking a shot there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's slated for next year. We so far we know twenty four episodes. It's the fate of the multiverse is in Sonic's hands. Uh, it is set. They have said it is set in the video game universe created by the Sonic team, and Sega Ooh. possible other Sega crossovers are not ruled out due to that. <gasps> Knights. Um, I want Sonic to hang out with Knights. <laughs> That's that's like the only other Sega thing I know, honestly. Um, there's knights. There's uh. Doesn't Knight show up in a Sonic game? Don't they I do? Think maybe it's a isn't cameo. It, I feel like it's like a game in the game you can play or something. Yeah, I know. I think there's like maybe like a a Sonic skinned level of in a Knights game. I don't know. To tell it truthfully, I've never played Knights. <laughs> <laughs> no one owns a Saturn. No. It's so it's funny. They're like there are possible other Sega crossovers, and I was like, I don't know. If I would Host. even know what was going on, is uh is Yakuza a Sonic or a Sega game? Is it? <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna look this Wait, up. Wait, is it? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> There's if it if it is like that, then yeah, it's yeah. If it is, then it's Yakuza for sure. Is it? <laughs> I'm looking this up. <laughs> it is a Sega. G- yeah, okay, so it's one. It's one hundred percent that then. Because <laughs> uh, Yakuza is having a huge revival right now, they oh, just yeah, they just like... put all the games on Xbox Game Pass, and so all the Xbox people are like, "I can play all the Yakuza y- Yakuza games finally." Yeah, I got like zero for like five bucks, and I was like, "I can't not." And I've literally just had it sitting on my PlayStation since like for six months, and it's like I just gotta sit down and play. Yakuza, because I know I would like it. Yeah, I okay, I can't wait. I don't know Yakuza, so I'm not going to list characters, but I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> Majima shows up. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only, that's the, that's the constru- kind of construction hat? Yeah, the guy with the, was it a snake print yeah, jacket? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, so, alright, it's, there, <laughs> there's, I don't know what other possible game they could want to cross over with to, like, get generate hype, because it's gotta be that, right? It's gotta be... Eggman's look, looking to hire people, and it's like one of those fucking dudes walks in. He just hires a member. Yeah, and like Majima like shows up and like just like has like a lead pipe and just like smacks the shit out of a robot, and he's like, 
That's what I can bring to you. This is just what this um, this uh, ch- children's cartoon intended for demographic six to eleven six needs. To 11. Yakuza. Well, it's, it is aimed at children six to eleven, as well as longtime fans of the series. Like they, ah, they, that's they, us. They slip that in there. They slip in the background. It's just like all of the <laughs> Makami Tai just like plays in the background. They go to a karaoke bar. <laughs> This is for you, all you 30-something nerds. <laughs> thanks, Miss... Thanks, Sega Daddy. <laughs> I just I just want Shadow to show up. Oh my god, yes. wait, 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 wait. Nani? We need... I think we need... The last thing about the news. I think we need bets right now. Do, yes. Do they make Sonic and Amy kiss? <sighs> do we see anthropomorphic hedgehogs kissing? No, because the demographic is 6 to 11. <laughs> I don't know. I hate. Listen, I don't know. This isn't a Sonic episode, everybody. We just talk. We just like, we'll get to Sonic one day. Um, yeah, Sonic's just a big one. I think we just do a Sonic lore episode that's different than the Sonic case. Like, we just talk about like, the this is the this is the history of Sonic the Hedgehog, not the history of Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, we all just like do a deep dive on the Archie comics and slowly descend into madness <laughs> oh i hate thinking about that <laughs> um i really want um himbo knuckles to make a return oh we'll see i hope so I, that was the best gift from sonic boom i just want my i want edgy shadow and i want him to be like in the series not a, not like around sometimes yeah like he's a main character kind of like a what yeah. What was the the guy in Ben Ten? The oh, uh, Kevin. 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 Le- <laughs> was his name Kevin Levin? Kevin Levin. <laughs> was that his fucking name? I think, I think it so. was. I think his name was Kevin Levin, and I was like, like Kevin, like even as good as like like Kevin Eleven. Like, does he have eleven aliens, and that's why he can beat? Be- what are we doing here? <laughs> he has to be one alien better than Ben at all times. <laughs> he only has like one power. <laughs> Doesn't he just like merge into like different elemental materials? Yeah, he in can the... like absorb okay. what he touches, sort of. Wow. And so usually it's concrete because like we live in America. So he just like. <laughs> uh, I don't know why he doesn't just like, why does he just carry around like a piece of like magic space rock? I don't like Gwen's like actually magic. Like, hey, Gwen, give me the hardest magic crystal you have. I'm just going to keep it in my fucking pocket. And Gwen's like, no, it's too dangerous, Kevin. <laughs> Uh, I don't have a transition. It's my week, everybody. Uh, what is it? <laughs> um, okay, so everyone bear with me here. This, this was started as like, this could be interesting and turned into like a lot. Uh, I cut a lot. Um, it, it's so, uh, Brenda, are you, uh, f- I don't, I got nothing. It's the MPA film rating system. <laughs> the film rating system when you like sent me you sent me a meme i did and it and it was like the uh esrb i was like (laughs) are we are we doing the esrb i was really wondering what you would take from that because i was like she could think esrb resident evil or like (laughs) there's like four things you could have thought it was and i was like well she knows i don't play resident evil so we're doing a deep dive into big lady big lady we know we know how big she is she's nine foot eight inches in heels in heels so like it depends what kind of heels she wears anyway i will let you begin (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, so the MPA Film Rating System, or the Motion Picture Association Film Rating System, is the voluntary system uh, by which film most films choose to be rated in the U.S. Uh, I meant to look up what international films do, but I forgot, frankly. Uh, so that's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't, like, the, like, Japan have, like, PIGA? I think so. Like, I know vaguely that other, other countries have other stuff, but this is what we have here. Um... <laughs> The current members of the Motion Picture Association, and this is relevant for later, are Walt Disney Studios, Warner Brothers mm-hmm. Pictures, Sony Pictures, Paramount Pictures, Universal Pictures, and most recently, Netflix. Mm. Netflix joined in 2019 under the first non-studio streaming-only member of the MPA, which helped them keep up their acquisitions and uh, revenue and assets after Disney ate Fox. Because Fox used to be a member, and then Disney was like, what if I ate our member? <laughs> <laughs> uh so fox isn't a member because fox does not exist on the level it needs to to be a member because fox is still technically kind of around because they didn't get everything yeah uh but none of i don't they got the movie studio which is the big thing uh and so the mpa film rating system was introduced in 1968 and it replaced the Hayes code uh which was the film rating system before this um it's, like I said, it's technically voluntary. You submit your work to them and they stamp it and give it a rating. Um, most people go through them because most dealers won't carry stuff without a rating on it mm-hmm. from them. Uh, non-members can also submit films for rating. And the rating, uh, the people who do the rating is the Classification and Ratings Administration, or CARA, which is te- an independent division from the MPA. So it's quote-unquote unbiased. Uh, mm. the people that work in that division are not meant to be from any of the studios I listed, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. It's what is interesting about this to me is it, it's the more I dug, right? So the first thing I found everybody, and I'm not going to go too into it. The first ever rated film like thing in the u.s was a hundred minute long boxing match (laughs) in like the 1900s because prize fighting was illegal in everywhere but nevada really yeah super illegal so they filmed it they filmed this match i don't remember what the like i found this in like a youtube video that had dust on it it was from like 10 years ago Uh, like i ended up looking it up separately and it was right but, like, no, there's, like, no article that talks about this. A lot of things list the first thing as, like, the first film from, like, 1901, and it's not true. Um, and so this this uh, boxing match got filmed. It got, like, it got played in theaters around the world because it was this long thing. People wanted to watch boxing. They couldn't watch boxing. Um, and it was the first time a censorship law was passed because they, like, kids would go see it, and they were like, this is immoral. Um so that's the first instance in the U.S. of a censorship law being passed for media that people consumed. Is like the 19th century. Oh. Um, whew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you flash forward to the 1920s and you're starting to get the forming, the, like, Hollywood is forming. Uh, there is money in this stuff now. And that's when the MPA was originally formed. Mm-hmm. Um they're originally called the Motion Picture Production and Distribution Dis- Distributors of America. Um, now it's from 1922 to 1945. Then they were the MPAA, which is the name most people think of, and more recently they're now just the MPA. 
So they're more of like a, they want to be seen as like a global lobbying group. Because that's all they are. They're a bunch of lobbyists. Yeah. Um, When the MPA was formed, it made about 80% of all films that were produced. Uh, I tried to find numbers for today because money is a big player here. Like they, they are a lobbying group and the way you lobby in the United States is money. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't find a number, but I mean, you and I both know, Brenda, Disney alone produces, I, it's gotta be like 60% of all stuff at this point. Yeah. It's like pretty ridiculous. Um, it was, I tried to, at one point, <laughs> at one point I was like, I'll go through all of Hulu and Netflix and crunch the numbers. I made it like, <laughs> not, I'm not even a percent through, I'm sure. And I was like, this is not going to work. Uh, no, you'd be surprised. <laughs> like you think Hulu has nothing. They do have things. They have it's stuff. not good things. It's not stuff you want to watch. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a hard number for like how much the NPA members produce now, but I mean, between Disney and Warner Brothers and Sony, that's most of production, if not distribution, of stuff. Just like stuff. Like those three companies own most of the stuff. This, yeah. Um, and so, uh, like, like I said, it replaced the Hayes Code, and so I have a little bit on that. The Hayes Code, or the um, Motion Picture Production Code, was created by William H. Hayes, who was the president of the Motion Picture Production blah 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 um, originally. Um, and it was made when films were being attacked. Uh, because in night, uh, did you know, Brenda, uh, in 1915, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled unanimously, nine to zero vote, that movies were not free speech. <gasps> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> they said, actually, movies aren't free speech. You can't say whatever you want. And that was a huge blow. And, uh, films were terrified of government oversight coming in to monitor them and tell them what they could and couldn't do. Um, yeah. Because these people, I mean, they're making money, which is the main thing that the MP protects is like financial assets, but they are artists. Um, yeah. And you and I, and this is way before this happens, Brenda, but you and I both know when government oversight comes into an art form, what it can look like, Comics Code Authority. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's... It's, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it can, like, completely, like, destroy a medium. The fact we like, have comics still after the Comics Code Authority is nothing short of a miracle. Yeah, it's like the Comics Code Authority was just like, you can't have, like, good has to triumph over evil. You can't um, have, like, vampires or, like, dead things or, like, just this whole list of, like, Fighting, very absurd drugs. rules. Yeah. Punching. It, no punching you can't have comics is what they <laughs> yeah and it's like it was just absolutely like absurd mm -hmm. um and it wasn't batman had to have a girlfriend oh yeah because that's where the original batwoman came in oh hey look at that wow yeah well, man, wow because everyone was like oh man robin's a homosexual <laughs> <laughs> oh no what's weird about that right is like they're like, Robin's a homosexual. I'm like, well, Batman's a grown man, so I don't think it, that really matters, right? Yeah, it's like, already, like, <laughs> there's a bigger issue here. Uh, yeah, so 1915, they were deemed not free speech, and so movies, there was, like, a pre-code situation, like, the do's and don'ts, and then they came up with the code, and that is what they used for quite some time. Uh, it wasn't overturned, that decision, until 1952, called, in the case, the Miracle Decision, um, it was 
Yeah, it was like uh, called the Miracle Decision, 1952. They were like, hey, actually, movies are free speech, are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> um, so that's a that's a long time that movies like just weren't free speech and they had to kind of walk on eggshells in the United States. Jeez. If they wanted to be yeah. distributed as movies in the United States. Jeez. Uh, that any like anyone could open up a like a Supreme Court case, like a, a hey, you violated the Constitution. <laughs> God, that's a hell. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, there are some films today that don't deserve rights, Joker, but <laughs> <laughs> they yeah they still have them, and that's their right to be wrong, Joker. Um, Suicide Squads. Oh God. Hey, listen, that's. Academy Award winning Suicide Squad to you. For makeup! <laughs> hey! They got they, they got it, okay? That's all that matters. They can put it in the Have box you art. Seen Killer Croc! I, what a disgrace! Hey, I'm gonna be real, I've not seen one, even one second of Suicide Squad. I saw Suicide Squad in theaters. Wow. Are you okay? Um, I mean, I think I'm just dead inside because <laughs> I've also seen the Emoji movie in theaters. <laughs> I was like, Suicide Squad. I was like, maybe her dad worked on it. Emoji movie. Okay, your dad didn't build a set for the Emoji movie. That was your, that was a personal <laughs> choice, and that's on you. I think Dante and I just wanted to feel alive. <laughs> but it, it did <laughs> the opposite. I don't think it worked. <laughs> oh my goodness, Brenda. Brenda, Brenda, Brenda. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Hayes Code is around. Uh, I don't have a bunch on it, because it's its own whole thing from like 22 to when they stopped using it in 64. Um, mm -hmm. the big plot points are by the fifties, uh, there are movies coming out without the Hayes Code stamp of approval, much akin to like eighties comics that are coming out without the stamp of approval. Like they, they submit it to the film code. They'd be like, no, we're not going to, cause they had a rating system back then too. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, no, we're not going to give it a rating. We're not going to approve it. And they're like, I'm going to release it anyway. Cause it wasn't like their code was very dated. I mean, it was made in the twenties and we're now in the fifties. So lots yeah. of things have become more lax in terms of like romance on scene, mention of things, kissing, uh, even a little bit in the 60s, like nudity, like all that stuff is like becoming more lax in society is like, this is okay for certain people to see. Because mm -hmm. um, a lot of the kids who grew up with the code are now adults. Um, yeah. And so, as you know, like this just, that just shifts culture. Um and so, in 1964, this was this was in 1964. The movie The Palm Broker had the first scene ever with bare breasts on screen. Oh, titties! That, that was approved by the production code. Yeah, because titties. <laughs> Before they never approved it, it was like that's pornographic. Um, I have never seen The Palm Broker. I don't know if seeing the titties was meant to be sexual or just someone getting changed, but they were they were titties. Uh, and after that it government was, sanctioned titties after those government sanctioned titties it was all downhill that is like that was like the nail in the coffin is like this code is useless now um yeah the big thing that dropping the code did because from 64 to 66 um there wasn't anything there was like kind of wild west because 66 is when we get the film rating system we have now um there wasn't really anything to regulate stuff, and the biggest thing that caused was a lot of animal cruelty, actually. Oof. Uh, because the code had a lot of rules around how animals were treated on screen and off screen, and without those rules, 
people were shitty. Um, and the animal cruelty on set didn't drop back to like the 1964 numbers until the 80s. Jeez. Um, so that is, I I forget the movie. There's like one movie that's like a bunch of animals running around, and apparently it was like yeah they like killed a lot of dogs. God, Cause, dogs. Because it was something like the dog like fights a bear, but it was like a real quote unquote trained bear. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the movie. I know it's a movie with her. Oh, likes. you might be thinking of Milo and Otis. I am. Which is different because Milo and Otis is a Japanese production. Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Um, Milo and Otis is a terrible movie. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just know there's some pets and there are like no people. Yeah, there's no people. It's a pug and a kitten wandering through the wilderness, mm-hmm. and like they like have a bear and a pug. And they get into, like, an altercation and, like, a bear, even, like, a quote-unquote trained bear, has the capacity to injure a pug very seriously because they're made of rubber. Yes. And bears are... Hey, listen. Uh, This... PSA, everybody. You see a bear in the woods? I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Pray it didn't see you. Bears are very strong and surprisingly fast. (laughs) Bears are strong, fast, big teeth. Big, big claws. Big paw, paw claws. Big. Big. They got big. And I know P- Paddington's cute. <laughs> they are. Yeah, I don't. You may have seen Paddington in Paddington 2, uh, but they are not nice, which understandably, like, they're not nice for survival reasons. Uh, so just assume it's going to be mad at you and go the other way. Yeah. Uh, don't run. No. Just, just quietly move. You're going to have better luck with a black bear than a grizzly yeah. bear. Yeah. Black bears are like, they are more chill in that they will stand, they'll stare at you and be like, you should probably go. (laughs) Yeah, and then you can go. But a grizzly bear will be just like, (gasps) oh, we're fighting. And you're like, I didn't see you until just, we're fighting. (laughs) And they're so fast. Which is apparently like moose. Moose are also like that. Oh yeah, moose. Moose are like, oh. I could do without them. Moose are like, oh, you want to fight then? And you're like, I, I'm driving my car. Oh, so you're looking at my girl? I, I don't. (laughs) Know the difference between a boy and a girl moose. Oh, so you, oh, so you think my girl's ugly? I, I, please. <laughs> like, moose will fight cars and win. Yeah. Because they're giant. Yeah. Mo- they're as big as big lady. <laughs> Moral of the story. Don't fight moose. Don't fight big lady. Yeah. Don't fight bear. <laughs> uh... Are you a standard human? Probably don't fight. <laughs> you pro- don't fight. You probably will lose against whatever it is. I would lose against a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm standard human. Yeah, you should probably shouldn't fight. <laughs> um, the other big blow to the Hayes Code was Blow Up, which is a British-produced American finance film, was denied a stand for approval. It was being financed and distributed by MGM, which at the time was a mm-hmm. member, back when MGM was around. Um, and it released anyway, which was the first time a member released a film without a stamp of approval. Oh, so interesting. we got bear titties and then, but not bear titties. I was like, <laughs> um, excuse me? Bear <laughs> no. titties. So we have human breast titties <laughs> and then MGM saying, fuck our own code. And the rest of the community was like, oh, so this is stupid then. This is meaningless. Uh, and then uh, flash forward to 1966, and we have the current rating system. Not the current rating system. Brenda, do you know how many times they've changed the rating system we use now? Let's see. I know 
PG-13 was added um, in the 80s, mm-hmm. the late 80s, mm-hmm. um, primarily in response to Indiana Jones. Yeah, and Gremlins. And Gremlins, yes. Which both... Because Gremlins had a PG rating? Yep, they both came out PG ratings, and they were like, what should we do? And they, they asked Steven Spielberg, who made those two movies, and he was like... <laughs> they were just like, um... He was like, oh, I don't know, make a different PG. Make one in the middle. <laughs> And they're like, <laughs> oh yeah, in the middle would make because it's not R and it's not PG. He's he's like, yeah. like I imagine he got that call. He's like, yeah, that's you called me to ask, <laughs> should we do what's the middle ground? And I told you the middle ground, and then you said, all right, I'm gonna hang up now. <laughs> <laughs> and then they that's where PG thirteen came from. Um, yeah, so R was already out. PG was was PG out. Because I know there's, like, a lot of movies that have G ratings that, like, should have, like, PG ratings nowadays. So maybe PG was, like, introduced in the early 80s, maybe? I'm just guessing at this yeah. point. I don't know. So it was, it's was. it been changed uh, six times, if I count it right. Mm. Um, the first rating system didn't have PG, you were right. It had from 68 to 70, so it was only two years before they switched mm. it up, uh, had G, M, R, and X. G was gen- general audiences. General audiences. M was mature audiences. Prescri- parental discretion advised. Mm-hmm. R was restricted. No one under sixteen without a parent or guardian. And X was no one under sixteen allowed. Ah. Uh, and so X was sixteen. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So they had they used X for quite a while. They didn't drop X. X became NC seventeen, mm-hmm. uh, and that wasn't done until nineteen ninety. Ah, okay. Which is why there are movies from the 80s, 60s, etc. that have, like, Clockwork Orange technically had an X rating. Uh, As it should. <laughs> or, um, uh, Min- uh, Midnight Cowboy. Like, there's are, there are a few films out there that had, like, the X rating that, I think now they've re-rated, because they've re-released, like, new editions of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was thinking of, like, um... Even E.T. E.T. has a PG or a G rating. I'm going off of memory here. But the kids call each other dick breath like more than once. E.T. is like a mean spirited film. <laughs> the kids in that movie are rude. Like, yeah, he goes up to he, this little kid goes up to his fucking teenage sister and he says, you have dick breath. And I'm like, did he just tell his sister he sucks? Like, we're I was watching this. Like, the last time I saw E.T. was... Me and my partner are at the movies in the park here in Grand Rapids. And so we're watching it. And like, there are a bunch of kids running around. And he's like, you have dick breath. And I'm like, this is a PG movie. Have I never seen E.T.? Yeah, it's like you just kind of like don't remember that stuff. It's wild. That's like his so it's like, go-to insult for her. I feel like a lot of versions like since have like kind of edited a lot of that stuff out. Mm-hmm. I think E.T. kind of like is released now in like an edited form with like new scenes and stuff. They're like, we added some scenes. Yeah. We removed some of the language. <laughs> like, Don't worry about it. Now it's acceptable. <laughs> like, <laughs> e- yeah, E.T. is a rough movie to watch. Goonies is a rough movie to oh, watch. Oh, God, Goonies. Uh, Ooh, boy. Yeah, don't, mm. So many people are like, I love the Go- I watched the Goonies once in high school and I was like, me too. I was like at my friend's house and I was like, yeah, man, don't show me this movie again. <laughs> yeah, we like watched it, it at school. And oh, I was just God. Like, that was like during like a research. I mean, it was like in high school, but it was like during like a research mm-hmm. in which everyone was just like, yeah, Goonies is great. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I hate this. Yeah, it's, 
if you've never seen Goonies, I promise you've you have seen enough memes to get the jokes that people make, and that's all. That's it. Yeah. Like you can. That's you can yeah. get by. Um. Sorry if you can hear my mom. Um, it appears to be vacuuming the bathroom. Hi, mom. Upstairs. <laughs> Uh, so you're going to hear vacuum cleaner, that, I guess. That's okay. We landed on the rating system we have now in 1996. Uh, because from 1990 to 1996, NC-17 was no children admitted under 17. And in 96, mm-hmm. they upped it to no one under 17. No one 17 and under allowed. So 18 and up is what they mean. Yeah. I don't know why they don't just say that. I don't know why they don't just say <laughs> NC-17, 18 and up, or change it to NT-18. But... It, it, whatever <laughs> they have it that's <laughs> that's what we have up to now um and then in 2000 yeah. is when we got the rating explanation so things before 2000 i don't remember this too well but like they didn't like because now you'll see a preview and it'll be like rated pg-13 for before it was just like it's rated pg-13 we know better don't worry yeah which i think this that was like a really good like idea because mm. um it's kind of like you know like potentially like some things could be like triggers right. so they're like there's alcohol and drinking mm-hmm. and like they'll they'll put it in there um there's a beefier website version of this called does the dog die oh where you can like yeah have you have you been to does the dog die i think i have you can like put in like does any of this stuff happen and it'll tell you right yeah so if you have like any severe phobias and i'm not gonna list them because yeah. you know what your phobias are yeah. and i respect that um you can put in so I'll, I'll say what one of mine is mm-hmm. like anything with like a cat gets injured i'll go to does the dog die and i'll like put in like is a cat, cat hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> to double check mm-hmm. it's super useful yeah. so if like anyone doesn't know about that it's a really incredible tool to use yeah so just so everyone knows oh yeah that's it that's good thank you yeah it's it i've i have not used it but i know of it um yeah and it is pretty great i used it i have used it before I use it for horror movies a lot. Yes. Um, so I can do a horror movie as long as there are rules. Like, I, I yeah. watched The Ring, but I never watched the scenes where they play the video. Um, yeah. I can watch anything where they, like, summon a thing because I'm like, well, I didn't do that. Like, it's, like, pe- like, I don't know, like, some people freaks them out and that's totally fine. But I'm like, I mean, I'm not gonna go to the woods with a book called The Demon Omicron and, like, slice my hand and see what happens like you know i'm not gonna fuck around and find out <laughs> yeah but if there's any chanting i tend to turn the volume down yeah oh yeah yeah i'm, I'm not taking it yeah, absolutely. i'm not taking that absolutely risk. Good, good luck actors who did that scene <laughs> yeah it's like it's not coming into my house <laughs> sucks for you yeah. um so yeah so there are lots of rules behind the rating system um Though I think my favorite rule behind the rating system that people seem to stick to, like, cling to, is the word fuck. Brenda, yes. how many times can you say fuck in a PG-13 movie? Um, I think it's once. Almost. Maybe twice. It is technically once, but there are multiple instances of people saying it more than once in a PG-13 movie. My goodness. Uh, it's almost like it's meaningless. <laughs> Adventures in Babysitting, they use it twice in the same scene. Uh... <laughs> A movie called, uh, there's a documentary called Gunner Place, Gunner Palace, which was, used the word fuck 14 times for them being sexual, which is meant to be like a big red flag. Ooh, yeah. Um, and then there's another movie called The Hip Hop Project, which uses it 17 times. So, that rule is pretty flimsy. Only, like, two films I could find had used it more than once and had to appeal to get a, because you can appeal their rating. 
You can mm-hmm. like you get given a rating and you be like, this is bullshit and here's why and they can change it. I only found a few films that had fuck more than once that appealed. And they're both documentaries. Um Yeah, I I would say like with documentaries you can kinda get away with it. Mm-hmm. Like especially with like the hip hop one, because mm-hmm. you could be like, Oh well, it's like part of the art form. Yeah. Which yeah, so I could see like that one. Um, I'm just thinking of that X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's Days of Future Pass yes. or where like they go to talk to Logan and he's just like, fuck off. And does like a flips the bird. And then it's like, oh, oh he said that F He said the F word. Oh, oh my God. That Wolverine's such a crazy guy. <laughs> um, the MPA has had its history of some people say overreacting as well. Um, <laughs> but some other rules they have around substances, like we talk about alcohol, drug paraphernalia, um, nudity is usually reserved for like, is like R, like usually, like in PG 13 movies, you get a brief nudity, so you might see like a side butt or something, you know? Um, a tasteful cheek. Tasteful cheek. Uh, <laughs> or male nudity, because that is a separate category, apparently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know why it's separate, but it is now. Um and then like sex is usually just our or like at least like unless it's like allusion to sex, that can that kinda gets into a gray area. Yeah. Uh looking at you, every single movie released for high schoolers, you perverts. What is fucking wrong with you people? It's like we didn't we we chose not to bitch about Riverdale. But at the beginning I'm gonna of this bitch episode. about Riverdale for a second. <laughs> Fuck Riverdale. River, so Riverdale, Riverdale-esque things, and you know what I mean by that. Um, CW teen dramas. CW teen dramas and the movies you're making people make. Uh, it's really prevalent in TV. TV is its own separate rating system. I didn't mm-hmm. research that. But it's per, it's pervasive in movies, too, in that, like... So I think about um, the uh, the casting of adults as teens is so common now that people don't know what real teenagers look like. Yeah. Uh, unless they have, unless they like interact with kids. Um, and it is, it, I get why, right? I understand mm-hmm. why, especially because the biggest franchises right now are superhero books, superhero yeah. movies. Most teens don't look like superhero. I mean, most people don't look like superheroes. But, like, trying to get a teen's body to look like a superhero is, like, going to physically harm them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, teens just aren't that buff. Yeah, like, t- teens can't, like, if they are that buff, they are, like, C- CPS is probably going to be involved. You're, they're probably being starved or something <laughs> to to yeah, have that like muscle you- definition. Yeah, it's like, teen, like, to get, like, that m- muscle definition, you have to, like, dehydrate mm-hmm. yourself and, like, just eat, like, a very strict, it's like, you can't do that to teens. Yeah. They need to sleep. Yeah. Teens should be sleeping most of the time. Most of the movie should be them sleeping. Um, yeah, honestly, that's like teen. I figure everyone listening to this has been a teen, maybe. <laughs> hey, and if you're not, if you haven't been a teen and you're currently 12, turn off this podcast. We said 18 and up. Yes. It's marked explicit for a reason. Um, You're just tired. Like it's you just can't you just sleep. And there's, like, nothing you can do about it. And you're expected to wake up at 6 in the morning and pay attention to stuff. And then if you fall asleep, I just slept through, like, my whole junior year of high school. <laughs> just, like, could not stay awake. <laughs> just, like, bam, I'm down. Like, Brenda, remember junior year? I, I sure don't. <laughs> yeah, I literally don't. I remember I wore Snoopy sweatshirts a lot. Don't ask me why. 
and I slept with contacts in. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> um. Anyway, I can't wear contacts anymore. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, it's just like, it's just, like, I am not saying that teens in movies should not be allowed to be intimate. I am saying, like, if you want to allude that someone had sex, that's fine. If they want to, like, tell their friend that they did it less, like, that's whatever, right? Um, I guess in Riverdale, they're, like, older now. So, like, the Riverdale actors are, like, our age, but now they're, like, early 20s. Yeah, whatever. I I still don't. I'll never forgive them. Because there's still other stuff being made. Um, I will be very angry about Jughead forever. Forever. And ever and ever. So, all of this uh, is... There are a few things I am building to with this, frankly. Um, Yes. So, another thing that the MPA has a history of doing categorically is... If your movie spent a lot of money, you will you might get a pass from getting a rating that is uh, NC-17 or at the time X for um, spending too much money. The first instance of this was The Exorcist. The Exorcist spent $10 million. It was made by Runner Brothers, a member of the MPA. Uh, uh. The Exorcist got a R rating, which at the time was like um, no one under 16 permitted. Mm-hmm. But like you could take your six, you could take your sixteen year olds. Um, the <sighs> sorry, the Exorcist is one of the most legitimately terrifying yeah, movies. Children should not like no one under adulthood should see The Exorcist. I will say that categorically, no. it is disturbing. I don't know if I'll say it's a good film because I no. I don't know if it's a gross, gory like it is meant to disturb and perturb you, and it does. And um. There's a film critic who went to see the movie who talked about, like, he saw kids, like, passing out. He saw a kid throw up. Um, there's a psychologist mm-hmm. who talked about the movie who, like, saw teens the week after it came out. And they were, like, shell- like at the time he used the word cell-shocked. Um, yeah. Like, it, it is... Haunted. It's... <laughs> that, do not let people that are not, like, honestly in their 20s see that film because it will... it It's disturbing. Yeah, it's just, it should, R is too low, which now R is like, is, is R still 16 here? Uh, like, it's 17. Or is it se- 17 now? Okay, I thought it went up a little bit. But like, yeah, it's just, that movie is just there to just be shocking. Mm-hmm. And it like, I guess it has a message. But that movie is like, single-handedly responsible for um, the demonization of the Ouija board. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, before that, it was just like, Everyone knew it was just a parlor trick, yeah. but then, like, the exorcist was just like, now, wait a second. What if it wasn't? What if he could summon a demon? Yeah. And I know this, and yet I still will not use one. <laughs> <laughs> People are irrational. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. So, films that spent a lot of, films that spend a lot of money, again, money talks, money walks. Uh, mm-hmm. Similarly, there are films who seem to get a pass from NC-17 still. When they are given the masterpiece exception. Now, I tried to research this more. Yeah. Every other article I could find was no longer on the internet. And I'm not saying it's a conspiracy theory. (laughs) But I... But it seems But I am saying that every other thing cited by this... There's... It's like a legal critic. Um, Like, her article, I had a hard time finding. uh, And I couldn't find anything she cited from, like excerpts of people from the MPA saying this was like an internal thing Hmm. but what she says is uh if a film was seen as artistic that was made 
uh, like if it has artistic credibility and that the things that it's doing would give it an NC-17 rating, but it's for broader artistic masterpiece status, that it could be given a pass. Uh, such as Saving Private Ryan, which has a gruesome war scene. <laughs> yeah, they made us watch that in high school. Yeah, we I watched it in high school. You, D, They show D-Day very, like, my grandpa was at D-Day, and he's like, yeah, like, a lot of people who were there like it for, like, its accuracy, and the accuracy mm-hmm. is horrifying, because that was a horrifying moment in time. Yeah, it did, I mean, I already didn't like war, but it already, it served to, like, cement that just, like, wow, I hate this. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, again, not something that anyone under 18 should see. <laughs> I don't care if your parents what? there or not. Good. we watched it in high school yeah i was like 14 yeah you just like roll up to high school and like the high school has like rules like oh we can't watch pirates of the caribbean yeah because it's pg-13 <laughs> and then they like pop in they pop in save it private ride and they're like we're watching this instead it's like i would rather see pirates i would like to see fake pirates please this happened this happened to real people <laughs> yo ho ho oh. <laughs> Um, so again, this artistic grace it's given, uh, I had a whole bit on R-rated films and stuff, eh, um, a lot of the, a lot of the R-rated movies are, um, oh, no, it's, I, I got it, I got it, I got it. So, most of the top ten highest grossing R-rated films are directly tied to members of the MPA, the top three all being very recent. Where are they? Uh, the top three of, it's, it's Joke, Joker. Uh, Joker and Deadpool 1 and 2. Okay. <laughs> I do like Deadpool 1. Um, There's been a lot of growing interest in making R-rated content to generate profit and buzz. Like if a movie, like they announced, like Disney announced that they would let Deadpool 3 be R. Which is absolutely wild. Uh, um, yeah, that's, that's fucking huge. <laughs> because, go, yeah. go ahead. Oh, before Deadpool 1 came out, an R rating was a death sentence. Yeah, you're done. You're not making any yeah. money. Yeah, it was, but, like, the people making it were like, this character has to be R-rated. Like, there's just no way around mm-hmm. it. If we're going to make, like, a true version of this character, we have to be able to get away with, like, uh, you know, a couple more F-bombs and some more gore and, like, some, like, more steamy, like, some nudity. Like, we, we have to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And they did make a good movie, but it also kind of created this, like, snowball effect in which, like, now in order to, like, be successful, your movie has to be R-rated and edgy. Yeah. Joker. Joker. Fucking Joker. Fuck Joker. Joker. I hate the Joker. (laughs) I hate him. (laughs) And you might be thinking, which Joker? I hate Joker. I I hate the idea. I hate, like, you're supposed to hate him, everyone. Yeah, he's bad, bad. He's awful. Bad dude. Awful. I mean, if I had to pick a Joker that I didn't hate seeing on screen, it is going to be Mark Hamill's animated series Joker. That was pretty good. Um, Yeah, like, because there was duality to it. There's, like... It did a better job of, like, balancing, like, the clown shtick Mm -hmm. up until Batman Beyond, which they just threw that the fuck out the window. (laughs) Um, So, uh, I don't mind that Joker, but Mm. uh, the rest of it I could do without. Exactly. And and so it's become this thing of, like, R does not mean death sentence anymore. Um, Yeah, like, Logan was very successful. That is a very good movie. That's up there. It's, Um, uh, I think it's the fourth highest grossing R-rated movie. Yeah, that was an incredible movie. No, it's fifth. Fourth is Matrix Reloaded still. Oh, wow, still? Yeah. 
Logan didn't like even overtake it. It just got in fifth, which is wow. pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, that, and that is not adjusted for inflation. That is just like dollar. Oh. That is dollar to dollar. And I was like, Jesus, Logan, you got your ass kicked. Wow, we were all very into the Matrix, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, we were all. Everyone was there. Um, and so yeah, now R is kind of like a, which is very interesting, right? Fr- mm-hmm. Frankly, I think about the amount of kids that I know that have seen Avengers Endgame, and I'm like, does this movie need to be rated PG-13 anymore, society-wise? Yeah, I mean... Because it's... Is there an, F, is there an F-bomb in Avengers Endgame? Nope. It's only It's no. only for, like, violence, basically. Yeah. And the, the violence is, like, pretty... Like, it can be pretty intense, mm-hmm. but, like, that's kind of one of those movies where it's, like, PG-13, but, like, everyone's gonna go see it anyway. Yeah. Um, like the past couple Star Wars were PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember it was a big deal when uh, was it Revenge of the Sith was PG thirteen. Oh yeah, it was. And that was the first Star Wars movie to have that rating. Um, and that was a big deal. It was like, oh no, what's going to happen? And it was just a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it was. I'm pretty. It, it's probably just for Anakin like burning alive. <laughs> oh yeah, he gets cut. He does also murder some children. You don't see it, but it's still the implications of that are very heavy and and so it's it's interesting because like pg-13 is like like in my head i just assume a movie is pg-13 unless it's an animated film in which case it's usually pg g films are non-existent like no one is they're pretty no one is like good enough anymore for g films yeah it's like we're all just like awful (laughs) like there's always gonna be some violence or some innuendo or like something that goes a little too far like i think frozen Two at least has a PG rating, yep. um, like which is wild, you know. So it's it's very interesting because like there's this uh, pendulum that swings, you know. Like I talked about it mm-hmm. with the Hayes Code became obsolete, and it feels like that could be happening to the MPA Code. Like they need to update it again because if Avengers Endgame is the highest grossing movie of ever, forever, and ever. Um, not adjusted for inflation, because inflation is still gone with the wind. Uh, mm-hmm. But if it's, like, this phenomenon that, like, everyone's taking their, like, six-year-old to go see it or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, is it PG-13? Like, is it society what we consider PG-13? Well, I think we should still keep, like, Avengers movies, because the violence does get pretty intense. Right. Because, like, the PG-13 just means that, like, if you're under 13, you can't get in alone. Right. Um. So it's, like, up to the discretion of, like, the parent, mm-hmm. like, whether or not their kid is able to watch this mm-hmm. or if they're okay with their kid watching this. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, s- some kids are going to be more sensitive to, like, that content. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they do need to remain PG just because, PG-13, mm-hmm. just because of that aspect mm-hmm. of it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, if it's time so to- I totally agree. What gets yeah. me is... The level of violence and destruction in Endgame is PG-13, mm-hmm. but yeah. here we are, everyone. For some reason, in black films, the level of violence is R, ah, which yes. is a much I was... lower scale. I knew this was coming. I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> They're categorically, black films never get this so-called masterpiece pass that apparently exists. Mm-hmm. So we got it for a movie like Saving Private Ryan. You, you want to make your argument? You totally can. But like things like... 12 Years a Slave or Moonlight that depict, like, violence and language and innuendo, like, again, to, like, 
portray the art how, how it needs to be portrayed to tell the story don't count question mark yeah um so there's definitely like a very clear double standard there even a film like uh waiting to exhale which is from the which is from 1995 uh mm-hmm. the reasons it's like rated r are there uh there are a few sex scenes with some explicit talk but nothing graphic uh there's an instance of violence which is a woman slaps another woman uh oh no there is swearing like throughout like just like adults talking um mm-hmm. and there's use of like smoking drinking uh one guy's a drug dealer um and i'm like i don't know if this film that's about like it's about four women that have all gone through some sort of like hardship related to the men in their life that are mm-hmm. trying to move through it with each other is an r film yeah um or uh another film boys in the hood which is also a great movie in my personal opinion i haven't seen it in a while mm-hmm. that got an r rating because it depicts life in uh west side la as it was in the 90s which yeah. had its harsh parts but does that alone like it just depicts like black culture and black life and black history is like this is something kids shouldn't see yeah um me make something like 12 years a slave like which you can have your arguments about the people behind the movie and stuff but when you argue that like this is R and shouldn't be shown to a wider audience like what is that saying when you approve yeah, things exactly. like but then you have movies they elevate like the help made by a white person <laughs> written by a white person from a white person's book <laughs> yep intended to appeal to a white audience uh and so it uh yeah so that that was that was I thought of that like this morning Brenda <laughs> Because I was before on this whole money bit, like I'm, I was following the money, mm-hmm. but I was like, wait a second, I couldn't find a single instance of like a black film from black creators that felt like it could have been R, but they gave it this pass. Yeah, it's only like white made movies yes. and generally like um, male led movies yeah. that get that pass. Yeah. And that's, that's why I bring up Avengers because I'm like, it's PG-13. I totally mm-hmm. think any superhero film probably needs to be PG-13. If it's yeah. televised, it probably should... What's the 13 for... T- is it just Y7? Do we have a... No, there's gotta be a middle, middle there's one. There's gotta be a middle one, right? Let me look up TV ratings. Keep talking. Um, and so, like, and you get to TV, and it's like, those should also probably be, like... You should probably watch this before your eight-year-old watches this, for most superhero things. Yeah. I totally agree. But it's interesting that when those films come out, they are these huge phenomenas celebrated everyone loves them but they are like the mpa seems very concerned with like sex and nudity especially when it comes to women's bodies Mm -hmm. uh and not concerned with like you watching people like you watch iron man die um on screen on screen a very a a slow death it is not quick he like yeah (laughs) he's just like yeah and then thor at the beginning of that movie cuts thanos's head off clean off thanos chokes loki to death on screen you you watch it (laughs) they don't cut away you watch him crack you you watch him die um, like that's very graphic and i don't remember mm -hmm. they don't have like a graphic violence tag they have like some violence they like mild violence or some violence or whatever that tag is and i'm like it's pretty graphic yeah um and the mpa has gone on record swearing that you know they're not there's many films they say that 
could have been worse, but they edited down. Like, they're like, you don't see what we, we see the unedited version. But I'm like, I don't know, man. I watched the deleted scenes. So unless they got rid of a scene entirely from all of existence for you, unlikely. Yeah. And there's, like, always, like, the director's just like, I will not compromise my vision. And then, like, the movie comes out with an R rating and it's, like, one fuck. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So it's very curious to me because the thing I do come back to is still these people are watching their pockets. Mm -hmm. In 2019, the annual report from the MPA found that almost 60% of its revenue was from non-theatrical showings via streaming. This was a year-over-year growth of almost 9%. Uh, overall global t- global total for MPA members and their holdings of $100 billion. Uh, theaters, however, were only responsible for $40 billion of it. Wow. Well, nice knowing you, maybe, theaters. <laughs> and so I'm looking at that and I'm like, the only... like It's like, how do you stay relevant and compete with like streaming, which doesn't have to go through them? Streaming movies unless they want a theatrical release, usually don't have a rating, technically. Yeah. They're usually just like, here's the movie. Um, That has its argument, because, again, I think it is useful to know, especially if you're a parent with kids, right? To know, like, what's going to happen. Or if you're a person, like Brenda said earlier, with your own triggers, like, what's going to happen in this film? Like, I need, I would like a heads up, because especially we're used to that now, and it is useful. Yeah, I think, like, a big example of that is, like, not involving streaming, but just involving, like, Mm direct-to-video, which was, like, the precursor to streaming, probably. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Like, uh, DC's animated movies didn't have ratings up until, like, a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And these movies can get uh, Flashpoint, I think. Maybe Flashpoint was the first one that had a rating. Mm -hmm. But, like, they can get pretty violent. Under the Red Hood was released on DVD with no, no rating. So, like, you see this animated movie and you just pick it up and there's no indication of like what the content Mm -hmm. is unless you are in the know in like the little club that knows who (laughs) jason todd is (laughs) that's what the red hood is and that you shouldn't let a kid watch it yeah it's like red hood is is edgy gun boy what do you do i shoot gun pew pew i'm like a batman i'm in the bat family but i have gun that's it i'm bat. i'm wow i take out the bat gun (laughs) batman's like i didn't sanction that get out of my house (laughs) i only said you could come back if you got rid of the gun but that's my thing. Jason, get out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it, it is interesting because, again, like the MPA is a voluntary thing. You don't have to go through them. Yeah. If you're going to stream or be direct to video, it doesn't matter because you get the rating because most theaters will not run unrated films. Um, yeah. Without it. Unrated and NC-17 are both seen as like, again, death sentences for movies. Um, yeah, and it didn't, it wasn't always that, like, no. the NC-17 rating wasn't always that mm-hmm. way. That's actually, like, a pretty recent um, development. Um, when Showgirls came out in the 90s, yeah. it got an NC-17 rating. But that movie did so horribly. I think it was, like, the most expensive script, like, script, screen, script right? Wow, what am I saying? <laughs> It was, it was at the time that, like, getting the rights to the script was, like, the most expensive. Uh-huh. Hopefully that, that made sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Um, but it just, like, bombed so spectacularly that it, like, destroyed the whole reputation of, like, NC-17. Yeah. So there just really aren't any. If you don't get an R rating, your movie just doesn't exist. Yeah, a lot of... Theaters won't run A lot it. of people, if they get the NC-17 rating, they either try and edit it down to R or they, they try and figure something out. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, Showgirls only grows 45, 45% of its $45 million budget. I actually had that in here. <laughs> Which is, that Holy is, shit. that is, that, like, people weren't, like, that is, oh, like, <laughs> whatever contractor was, like, working on consignment, like, didn't get paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they built the set and they were like, we will have to pay you next year. We don't have any money. <laughs> And then Showgirls made no money, and... Um, there are a few, like, foreign films that came out that, uh, did okay, that got NC-17 ratings. Um, Mm -hmm. the most recent thing that almost got an NC-17 rating was Blue Valentine, uh, which had, uh, uh, Ryan Gosling. So it has, like, it has, like, a real person in it, you know? Uh, Yeah, I know who that is. Showgirls also had real people in it, um... Yeah, who were big at the yeah, time. At, like Ryan Gosling is like a name. You like you hear Ryan, you're like oh Ryan Gosling, um, <laughs> and the company that I won't name uh, that was behind Blue Valentine fought the MPA on it. Ended up getting it down to an R with the same cut of the movie, uh, mm-hmm. because again the MPA is very biased towards sex and romance and also queerness. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a long history of movies that are just like gay that have been getting NC-17 ratings. Just because they contain, like, gay content. Or queer content. or Yeah. There's one, um, GBF, Gay Best Friend, uh, Mm -hmm. which got an N-17 rating, and they are, like, there's there's not even sex in their movie. There's just our gay characters who, like, make out. (laughs) But simply... And it's like, I have to see straight people make out all the time. (laughs) All the fucking time. All the time. You know, and that gets like a G rating. Yep. They're like, "Oh wow, that's a what a nice PG movie." And the, <laughs> like you could have it's like a I can't think of an example, but there's movies where like the dad is essentially like, "I'm gonna go fuck your mom," and they're like, "Ha ha ha, PG." Yeah, like he like gropes her butt, and it's like, "Huh, PG, okay," <laughs> but it's like a gay couple holds hands, and it's Ooh, like, that's uh, pretty. Uh, you know what they're gonna go do later." Um... <laughs> And so there's this long history of the MPA following money and following what, I mean, their shareholders want. And again, it's mm-hmm. the people running it are the people who run media. So yeah, it is very, it's very interesting to me. I feel like a lot of people don't realize it's not a government thing and that it's not some unbiased group, that it's like a group of very powerful companies with a lot of power and a lot of money. Uh yeah that are in control of this thing and they lobby to get themselves more money and you can't help but think they try and sway society to like their movies with ratings. Yep. Cause they can control who gets the good yeah. ratings. I, I mean, you know? like you said, like until they had Deadpool come out, like R was like a death stamp and now Deadpool's out and now R is like cool. Yeah. It's like, every, they're always like a rumor, like, Oh, the superhero movie's going to come out. It's going to be rated yeah. R. And it's oh, like, it's gonna be okay. So cool. Also, R is such a big category. Yeah, it's it could literally encapsulate anything. Like an R movie could be like pretty, like it could be just like a tame PG thirteen movie with like a couple fucks thrown mm-hmm. in there, or it could be like unwatchable hell. <laughs> like, like R can be Aaron Brockovich, or it could be like Kill Bill, which are two very different yeah. R movies. Yeah, just like two opposite sides of the coin. But both are, and they're both both are. both are. And I'm like, I would probably show a kid Aaron Brockovich. Like, I really, yeah, like, tell, like, like, you can't, hey, you can't say that, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's like, hey, this is, like, an interesting story. They show it on TV, yeah. you know, like. But yeah. it's, it is, 
Very weird. Uh, the last thing I had, which is, I don't know where I was going to put this in, I just found it interesting. Uh, <laughs> in 1989, there was a Tennessee law passed that Tennessee. in Tennessee, no one under 18 can get into our movies without... Really? So the- Yeah, Tennessee, it is huh. one up, but it is not just 17. Um, That's interesting. And showing an X-rated film, which at the time, like, X was what R is now, essentially. Mm-hmm. X, like, uh, a minor seeing an X-rated film was a misdemeanor. Whoa. Uh... In 2013, they updated the law because it was a constitutional violation (laughs) Um, to now define, because the term was harmful to minors. Harmful to minors means that the quality of or any description of description or representation of ever form, nudity, sexual excitement, sexual conduct, excess violence, or sadomasochistic abuse when the matter of or performance is would be found by the average person applying contemporary community standards to appeal to the predominantly, to the prudent, shameful, or morbid interest of minors. Oh my goodness. Yeah, legal speak. Uh, basically, it sounds pretty uh, whatever they feel like. Yeah, it's like, however, at our discretion. Yeah, it, like... Essentially, the, this Tennessee law is like, if we think your movie is too nasty, we could slap like our own like NC-18 reading on it. Tennessee just exists in its own little yeah. bubble. <laughs> uh, oh, that's kind of all I had, really. Um, yeah. It's, I felt like fucking Charlie Day researching this, Brenda. <laughs> like you had your little, like, wall. Yeah, I, st- I'm, I'm, I still, I feel like I got something else because I feel like the, the popularity rising in our films, I'm very curious about how they're going to respond. Yeah. It's interesting. I think it's chilled out a little bit. That could just be that no movies have come out. But But hopefully they've chilled out a smidge. um, And like, because, and they've realized that like R isn't going to guarantee success, Mm. but there hasn't been a big bomb to kind of like prove that yet. So we just wait. Even wonder what they will categorize as R. Because it isn't that I think Avengers should be R, but it's like, so... It, coming out later this month is uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. I yeah. have no idea what that movie would be rated because I'm going to watch it on HBO Max. I Yeah, it doesn't matter. I could guess it'll be R, but it again feels like movie like, maybe you should watch it before you show it to your kids, but it's probably yeah. one that your kids should see if they are like mm-hmm. like 10 and up. Probably not like 8 or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, like show them like the Denzel Washington Malcolm X movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. What was I gonna say? Oh, uh, Birds of Prey got an R rating, didn't it? Did. it? Yeah, and that's a good movie. Though. And that's really good. And I assume it's for language and violence. But again, the scale of violence in that movie can like that. That is what gets me when things are rated R yeah. for violence, and I'm like, is it because it's too real? Like, because they're not flying around. Somehow, flying around makes it less violent? Question mark. Yeah, it's like the. The punches feel very real, I would say, but I expect like something like a lot more over the top to happen in that movie. I was kind of like a little bit tense. I get a little bit tense during like R-rated movies mm-hmm. because like the scope is so wide that you don't know what level to expect, mm-hmm. like what level of violence to expect. So I was kind of tense through that whole movie expecting like something like really graphic that was going to like kind of freak me out. And it doesn't happen. No. Um, Harley Quinn does do like a shit ton of like cocaine. That does happen. <laughs> There's drug use. Yeah. So, um, but whatever. It's a great movie yeah it's good i I just i'm like it it feels like the kind of thing and i'm glad they didn't but it feels like the kind of thing it's like so if they take out the cocaine is it like what makes it r like i want yeah i want to like sit down 
or a member of the MPA and watch Birds of Prey and be like, okay, would you please show me your point system or whatever it is you have internally? I won't tell anyone, but I need to see why is this R specifically? Yeah, it feels like if you take out like the scene with like the drugs, um, it does. It just feels very. P- it's almost PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Like I really expected because like that that villain is like a major creep. Yeah. I'm really used to like seeing like R movies that have like a lot of like sexualization, like uh, and like sometimes like even like assault. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like very tense about like that aspect. That doesn't happen. Speaking uh, of uh, Wonder Woman 1984, yeah. oh my goodness. Has- that has a PG thirteen has rating. actual salt, but PG thirteen. Yeah, you see, yeah, it's it's a long scene, like, and I'm like watching this, and I'm like, this just keeps going. It's it's rough, and it has a PG thirteen rating, um, and it's from the same exact studio, you know. So what what's the? <laughs> Guess if your IP is worth <laughs> enough money, huh? Mm-hmm. It's like Birds of Prey was kind of set up to fail, yeah. which. Sucks. They wanted it to because it could have. They wanted it to fail. They gave it the R rating. They gave it a name that confused people. Like they should have. Like eventually, they started calling it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, yep. which should have been like the title from the beginning. Because like people who aren't into comics aren't going to know who the Birds of Prey are. There was no setup in any other movies that they released that let people know like this. That's who these characters mm-hmm. are. Um, and it's really a Harley Quinn movie, not a Birds of Prey movie. It's like Harley Quinn plus black canaries here yeah (laughs) harley quinn uh some other people will show up and at the end they'll be the birds of prey yeah they'll all team up but like the movie is about harley getting over the joker and like kind of moving on from that it's her story and it should have been like named after her so because harley quinn has tons of fans that should have gone to see this movie and because of like the rating and the marketing it was set up to fail on purpose and, and meanwhile, Wonder Woman gets a third Jesus movie. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> I don't I'm know so, how ev- I'm so every pissed. week <laughs> everyone we've been trying so hard. <laughs> and every week somehow I'm like, but Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four gets you exist. <laughs> yeah, it's like it just all leads back to like how bafflingly awful wow, I said that word wrong. Bafflingly awful Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four was. How inept of a film that was mm-hmm. and the fact that it like made all this money and gets a third one and it just they proved the third, it was like the opening weekend like it came out on christmas day or whatever and december 26th like it's gonna have a third film i haven't even seen it yet and i was like it sounds like they're jumping the gun and then i watched and i was like you guys sure about that because <laughs> i haven't found a single person who likes your movie yeah it's like wonder woman 1984 does it, it like they put it in the eight. Sorry, now I'm on a now I'm on a tear. No, do it. This episode's gonna be a little longer, but it's only me who suffers because I do edit it. it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> um, you know, like it's set in the '80s, but it doesn't like use that setting to its advantage mm-hmm. at all. It doesn't like take because like the '80s was all about like kind of like corporate greed and like synergy and like all of like those aspects mm-hmm. that like don't get touched on at no. all. In Wonder Woman 1984. There's a businessman who's like big into oil, but they don't use that to commentate it at no. all. They actually just do some racist shit with it, and then they're then that's like it. there's some you know? oil. Oh look, he's in the Middle East. You you know. You know. Oh no, now Wonder Woman's gotta beat up brown people. You know. Oh. Bad yeah. off model children. It, <laughs> God, those children. It Wonder Woman's gotta save a kid. It feels and so what it is is like that feels like it's a terrible movie and it feels like and it's not 
yeah, it, it feels like Wonder Woman 1984 squeaks by with a PG-13 rating by being, like, bad. <laughs> like, yeah. It sticks to the status quo um, of, like, what is a superhero movie? Because you don't, like, it's just bad, right? I... Yeah. What, the only other female superhero movie we have is Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah. Because you could make an argument about Harley Quinn, like, I don't categorize her as a superhero? She's an anti-hero. She's an anti-hero. And, like, that, it's clear through the whole movie, even though it's, like, a positive film about her and her own personal growth, she's still, like, not a good yeah. person, like, a good, good guy. She's, like... She- got morals and she has a good mm-hmm. heart but like she's chaotic and she knows it and that's her niche in yeah. life and that's the whole movie is like her finding her niche which most which is what um, makes it so good i, I talked about the yeah. holly quinn tv show earlier and i don't know i feel mm-hmm. it feels so what it feels like is almost they need like a second r rating because there's like something in between something in but hey steven spielberg we need some <laughs> Ring ring, Steven. Like, I don't they already they need to change NC seventeen to NC eighteen, give us PG seventeen. I don't know. But it something. it almost feels like there needs to be something that isn't R, but like warn that like but like kids can't get into NC by themselves. Yeah. Um Yeah. And then like also for like people who don't want to see like more triggering content, there should be like a middle ground so like you don't go into an R movie not knowing what you're gonna be right. getting into. Because uh, I was just anxious through all of Birds of Prey. Oh god, when uh, he, which I didn't have. When to he kidnapped do. her, and she was, I was like, oh, here we, so, here like, we go, like, here yeah, we go. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh god, and like a movie, like Suicide Squad would have done it, mm-hmm. like no, no hesitation, and might even still have gotten that PG thirteen rating. I don't remember any of Suicide <laughs> Squad, but I can assure you, it probably would have pulled. Some Suicide shit. Squad is a PG thirteen um, rating. Yeah. In what fucking I'm, world? <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, no, Suicide Squad has a PG-13 Oh my rating. fucking god. Let's compare Suicide Squad and uh, Birds of Prey really quick. Like, I feel like the violence was, like, more over the top and, like, rough to watch in Suicide Squad than it was in Birds of Prey. And at the heart, Birds of Prey is, like, a movie about, like, female friendship, mm-hmm. which is, like, another beef I had with Wonder Woman. Whereas, like, sh- there should have been, like, a friendship between between like cheetah and diana um was it barbara and diana barbara um there should have been like some friendship built up there or or maybe they could have been gay should have been gay listen i don't care if anyone says they they do the fucking like bump into you scene drop your books oh i'll help you (laughs) it's it's like it should they should have been gay like but it quickly devolves into like jealousy like I guess it's it is eighties in themed in the sense that like female competition mm-hmm. in like the workplace, which still goes on now, but in the eighties it was like a stereotype it was this thing you have to fight with like your coworkers in order to like break through that glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um you have to like give more yeah, it's like turned into like a thing about jealousy and like Barbara wanting to have what Diana had instead of like wanting to have like a relationship mm-hmm. or like a friendship with her, mm-hmm. however you interpret their whatever they right. had like meanwhile like birds of prey is just like an unabashed movie about female friendship mm-hmm. and like it's just absolutely beautiful and if it has to be the last movie i ever seen a goddamn movie theater then so yeah, be it, worth it. And, and the fact that it, that's what gets me is like it got slapped with an r rating and fine mm-hmm. they didn't want to i hope they didn't have to edit it down from nc-17 i wouldn't be shocked but I w- yeah i wouldn't be shocked at all i'm glad they didn't have to 
cut something for their vision, you know? But I frankly feel like there's a case to say, could we make this PG-13? And the coke scene's a lot, but like, I, listen, listen, I I can almost promise there's probably a coke scene in Riverdale, probably. I wouldn't, I don't know. Probably. You can't tell me that Archie hasn't done hard drugs. <laughs> like, it, it's like, what are we, who's allowed to break the rules is basically what we're left with. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a lot to think about. This was a really interesting topic. Uh, this was a really cool topic. I really oh, thank it. you. And yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot to think about um, in like how we rate things mm-hmm. and like how we rate all things, because like, there's no like standardized rating nope. system for all anything. Of, like all of the even, rating systems, yeah. everybody are voluntary made up by the things that rate them. Yeah. And it's like, we've briefly talked about the ESRB and how like the video game, like, industry had to be like kind of strong armed into Mm. that and how like sega got thrown under the bus (laughs) sam bringing it full circle we're talking about sega daddy again um (laughs) um, sega got thrown under the bus despite the fact that they already had their own rating system implemented Mm -hmm. um they saw like that need and they created it and it you know people would said like it was too vague and i don't really think it was um it's no it was no more vague than like anything else we have yeah. now. And I will say that the video game, I think the video game rating system is like probably like our most solid. Like I they're think va- personally, well, they're not va- like the MPA has like tags. There's male, yeah. male nudity, sexual inter, like whatever, like the video game one will be like, there is an instance of violence in which like they, it's like, if you look at your games, people like there's like a sentence on it, like why it's teen. Yeah, it's like a big chunk. They'll be like, there's like the consumption of alcohol. Sometimes they'll mention like hard liquor as opposed to mm. beer, like, or smoking or, you know, like smoking of marijuana as opposed to like smoking of tobacco. Um, it's it's a lot more precise. And it's taken a little while to get to this point because like at the beginning of the ESRB, it was like pretty like loose. We introduced like the E rating. We introduced like the E10 mm. rating as like an in-between Um Got rid of the KA rating. There's still the A rating, which like no game usually no, gets. That's it's like, like the, the <laughs> yeah, the, it exists. Like, hey, is because it's not for like that's like your game is being out and distributed because like you can find like porn mm-hmm. on Steam or whatever and it's just unrated. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, but it, I think it's the most concise of like all of our rating systems. The TV one, which I did look up, and I can I can bring that mm-hmm. back up really quick. TV is Y Y seven Y seven fantasy violence G <laughs> PG. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about that in a second. G PG fourteen and then M A. Hey, did you, what happens so, between fourteen and M A? Uh, you know, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like it's PG and fourteen. So it's like it doesn't like it has like some of the same naming conventions as like v- movie mm-hmm. ratings, but it's different. Yeah, it's all over the fucking place. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. I think TV like the fact that there's like there's like a difference between like um, Y seven and Y seven fantasy violence. Like what? What does that? What, what does that mean? That? <laughs> like is that He Man's fault? Yeah, I was like, what? I'm gonna blame what He Man. What? Wow, what TV show was like? No, we're for kids. <laughs> And like a dude gets stabbed, like, nah, man, we're for kids. Nah. <laughs> like, it's just Who's wild. allowed to break the rules? Who's allowed to break the rules? That's, if you think about it, when you're done listening, who gets to break the rules? That's really it. And that's it. That's, that's the episode. The episode. <laughs> oh, that was a really good yeah. one. Man, I want to watch Birds of Prey. Yeah. 
Me, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna watch Birds That's of Prey. That's such a good. Hey, I'm everyone. so fucking. I'm so mad that they don't want like, if I uh like, if you have a daughter or niece and they haven't seen Birds of Prey and they are, I'd say like, eleven. I think you sit them down. Yeah. You first talk about what they're gonna see, and explain like the cocaine scenes kind of a lot. Uh. There, Harley Quinn definitely alludes to, like, the Joker. Like, I think us as adults and, like, the Joker hurt her and we know she was assaulted. But, yeah, there's, like, aspects of, like, past abuse that are handled, like, very like, well. So talk about that. Like, you sit, I think you sit down, you explain why you want them to see this for the positive aspects and that there are some things that might be difficult mm-hmm. and if they need to stop watching, you can. Yeah. And then you watch Birds of Prey and but- then you debrief after. Because I think it's so important for young girls to see that movie and understand how powerful mm-hmm. they can be because you have Captain Marvel's a great movie, but it's so fucking NPA white guy approved. Yeah. It's like, I, I do enjoy watching it. It's got its fun moments, but like birds of prey does like female friendships a lot better. Mm-hmm. And like the handling of like abuse and abusers a lot better. Uh, Cause like Captain Marvel also kind of has like that through yeah. line of like the, the one yeah, guy, one guy is who like is a it? Jerk and the the villain. Yeah. But he like he like very overtly uses like gaslighting and like other ways of like controlling mm-hmm. her and like that's handled okay. But Birds of Prey is just like maybe a masterpiece and like a lot of people didn't go see it. It was also like in theaters like the tail end of co like tail beginning yeah. of COVID. So that's also maybe why people what? didn't see okay. it. Okay, here's um, the actual we said that's the last thing. Was you get away with it? I think <laughs> Actually, why is it that real depictions of the world are, are? Because, it, like, that shit happened. Like, yeah. I talked about, like, Boys in the Hood or Waiting to Exhale. Birds of Prey, even though it's set in, like, a fake world, you know, it's, it's fictional superheroes. Like, it depicts things that happen to people and how people mm-hmm. can get through them. And, I mean, Birds of Prey takes a lot of artistic li- liberties, obviously. But why is the real world seen as, like, not not appropriate for, like, kids because like r is like you can't take your kid right no you can you can right, 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 you right. can they just have you they just have to be i just surprised. forgot uh but like yeah. why is that why is that inherently r and i think yeah there what if there is something in between pg-13 and like r yeah or maybe more stuff gets yeah. the i don't know i, I don't know because i don't think i don't i i think because pg-13 is like what realistically in the states like 16 and up will go see it because people don't often drop off their 13 year olds at the movie theater by themselves you know yeah we just don't have like kids like outside of like city centers kids don't really go anywhere alone yeah. I'm, I'm at the point now you know what i was like i think it could be vg 13 frankly that's what that's what i think uh yeah god and okay we got it we got it this is so long <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I think we've said some really good things, and I think everyone, everyone's got some stuff to think about. And um, go watch Birds, watch of, Birds Prey. of Prey. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Hey, historians. Uh, we forgot to record this little tidbit of news that's actually pretty important. Uh, so have you always wondered how well do me, host Austin, and my co-host, host Brenda, know each other? Well, February thirteenth at seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can find out. Myself and host Brenda will be on the Newlywood Game over on Super Dylan's Twitch channel. That's twitch.tv backslash Super Dylan. Uh, we will be part of a game to raise money for the Trevor Project. We'll be teaming off against 
three other groups, Newlywood Style, Femsplainers, Morning Rituals, and Gnome Brew, to see which one of the duos knows the other the best. Uh, there'll be ways for you to donate and influence the game, including buying us a hint for $40 if one of us seems stumped. So please make sure to tune in again February 13th, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv backslash superdillon. That is twitch.tv backslash S-U-P-E-R-D-I-L-L-I-N. Uh, you'll be able to find more on our social leading up to it. Um, and yeah, we hope to we hope to catch you in chat. You get to see our faces. You'll get to see me. I haven't seen host Brenda's face in forever. So you'll get to see me live react to seeing Brenda again. Um, but yeah, I hope, hope to catch you there, everybody. We'll be raising money for a good cause. The Trevor Project helps out LGBT youth, and it's a pretty important thing. So catch us then. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe 3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host Brenda. And as a reminder, please, please, please... If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review. Helps to show it a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya.